Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Coffee Shop Q&A here on the Business Life and Coffee podcast. And this week we are joined by uh, Stefan Vincent, who is the Senior Director of Client and Community Experience at Life Guides. And he's the host, producer and founder of the EX podcast. It's always great talking to another podcast host. Stefan, thank you for joining the show. Thanks, Joey, for having me today on the show. Yeah, and and specifically today, what I wanted to talk with you about is, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic. There's an election that uh, may or may not have happened by the time people hear this episode. And there's a lot of uncertainty that, that I think has gotten people thinking about life's too short. Let's try to do something we're passionate about. And uh, what I love about what you're doing is that you help people unlock their passion. So could you give a brief overview of, of who you are, what you do, and how you help people build out their passion? Sure. Um, as you can probably hear from my accents, I'm originally from France. I've been in the U.S. for 20, you know, seven, 17, 18 years. Right now, uh, I'm not going to, back, to talk about cooking. Uh, we'll talk about something else. But I'm the Senior Director of Client Engagement and Community Experience at Life Guides. Uh, and I've started uh, four or five years ago a series of events called the EX Summit, EX standing for Employee Experience, as well as the EX Podcast. And uh, that's something that I've discovered that I was really passionate about and I uh, look forward to continue and go deeper into that conversation with you. Yeah. So why is why is passion your thing? Um, what started that for you? What ignited it for you? I would say, first of all, that's like probably many people who are listening to us. I have different points of interest in my life. I've experimented and tested a few things before that. I was very much keen into the innovation space a few years ago. I was working for the front end innovation studio at that time. And I even started to try to put together an innovation conference in Indianapolis, which fails miserably, but I learned from that. And then I moved on to different things. But I would say across all my work life, work experience, I've always been passionate about building a, a real culture, inclusive, engaging culture on my team and across organizations. Um, and when I had the opportunity to be on the leadership team in a startup several years ago that was highly dysfunctional, um, I was doing a lot of research on how to better engage with our own employees, not just customers, but our own employees. And a lot of stuff that I found online was very much HR-driven or HR-oriented. And I'm talking about five, six years ago, not mm -hmm. today or a year ago. And we were going through that whole customer experience journey. And I realized that everything that companies have been doing for decades at least for 10, 15 years on the customer experience and journey mapping and really talking to customers, gathering customer insights and so forth could be literally applied, applied to the employee side. With that in mind, I started actually writing a manifesto called uh, uh, B2E Business to Employee Branding, which I published, I self-published online. And I was getting some good traction, you know, people engaged, liked the contents. But at the same time, I thought, well, maybe I should even do something bigger, just try to explain, expose my take on how to build you know, more engaging cultures. So I started doing a very first event, the EX Summit in Indianapolis, which was very successful. And I thought, well, maybe I should go to other cities. So I started doing two different cities. And then at the same time, I was thinking, well, you know, a podcast would allow me to even you know, 
reach a larger audience than just a local mm -hmm. audience, hence the podcast. But it was really just sort of organic, trying different things, see what truly my main differentiator was from other people, because I didn't want to do something that everybody else is doing, right? Because it's, it's, it's a passion. You can have fun through it, but if you want to build something out of it, people are not necessarily gravitate towards what we do if it's very commoditized. Yeah. So after experimenting a few things around innovation, around like branding and things like that, I really found my niche at that time, which, which was around, around the employee experience from a brand and marketing perspective. I love that. I love it. And I think HR in general is coming around to the fact that we're not the only ones who can speak into employee experience. Uh, so I love that you've gone to the marketing side of it, because if we think about a great experience, right? Whether it's the uh, the car that we drive, where the engine has been fine-tuned to make a specific noise that gives people joy, or, you know, cracking open a, a soda bottle and um, the feeling that that evokes, or even just some of the messaging that's behind a lot of the brands that we know, love, and support. That's from a marketing standpoint. And it's marketing connecting with humans. And so I love that you're kind of approaching this conversation from the other side of it, because HR doesn't have to own the conversation about employee experience. I, I think it's helpful to have guides in place, but surely marketers know a lot about employee experience, about getting people to do things, to feel things, to believe things. And quite frankly, I think HR could learn a lot from marketers. And I really see the EX space as a collaborative effort. It's not, someone doesn't own it. Someone can be yeah. the leads in taking on that initiative, but it's really, truly a cross-functional effort between you know, HR, marketing, recruiting, if recruiting or talent acquisition is not fully aligned with HR, uh, technology, IT, uh, leadership, of course, uh, customer success, customer experience, all of these actually bring together because it's all about the taking insights and best practices from other areas of the business, but also truly understand human behaviors across all the different elements of the business and all the across all the different platforms or business units. Because you know you were talking about marketing, you know, being able to deliver the right message. But it's all about understanding what drives people really, and then when we really identify what drives people, then you can create experience around around those drivers. Whether it's within the organization, it's on the customers on the customer side, it is um, you know on the community side when you actually do some you know community projects, the environment as well. It's really about you know, just like human behaviors and drivers. Yeah. Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S., from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com contact. 
So if you were talking to a small business and uh, you wanted them to help improve their employee experience, what are some of the practical things that they could do today to maybe improve their employee experience in, in a real measurable way? Uh, it's a very good question. Actually, I'm working on the deck right now for the the next uh, virtual EX summit that I'm going to do in December. And I was trying to look at a new definition for the employee experience. And that, you know, whether you call it EX or you know, building a culture or whatever, and um, it's EX is it's equals to the values, the behaviors, the moments that matter to your people, not to you as a leader, mm-hmm. meaning the actions that you're taking to create those moments that matter to your people, time the consistency of doing this. And many people or many leaders would just have those great core values on whether it's on the wall, it's in the deck, in the onboarding employee handbook, whatever it is. Others will have some sort of behaviors identified for those values, but the actions speak for themselves. If the Mm -hmm. actions are not as good as not trying, like the, basically it's work the talk, right? You, you can talk as much about your values, but if your actions don't fully support your values and, you, and you know, the behaviors that you want to encourage your people to follow, you're going to have some, some trust issue. And that's, that's the foundation of it. So going, answering most straightly to your, to your question, leaders really have to think twice about how they act even before they do too much talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Think about your actions first because that's what people that's what people watch. Um, and that's what people will remember as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it starts young. I think um, it starts young because I'm a parent of a of an almost 2-year-old now and uh, what was told to me and I see it play out all the time is um, more is caught than taught. And what that means is it doesn't matter what I tell her to do, what I tell my daughter to do or how to behave. She's going to take her cues from what she sees mommy and daddy do. And, exactly. uh, you know, as we as we age, we're not as simplistic as children. But I think the sentiment is true that more is caught than taught, even at work. Um, what are the behaviors and, uh, as you said, uh, defining moments that that shape culture? Uh, because that's going to be more than what's, you know, what's even written in your handbook. Well, we, we talked about politics in the introduction and think of all the discussion going on around you know, Black Lives Matter and the inclusion and you know, diversity and things of the nature. More and more companies are embracing the notion of inclusion, diversity, parity between genders and so forth. But do they really, are they really acting? On it. Yeah. You know, do they promote you know equal you know parity within leadership roles or you know mid-level managements between men and women, for instance? Mm-hmm. Do they really have to go after having a more diverse workforce, whether it's ethnicity, it is you know sexual orientation, it is religion, it is even just different backgrounds and ideas, right? Um, I always like the conversation be- or the debate between cultural fit and cultural ad. Mm-hmm. Cultural fit is you're going to fit in the mold. So we just want to basically hire robots that are just going to behave like everybody else. So that yeah. is no problem. And if you really strive for cultural ad, when you're going to deliberately 
and intentionally hire people who are going to challenge you because they come up with different perspectives. It's more harder. It's much harder to manage, but it's what makes teams and businesses successful. Yeah, I love that. And I don't think enough, at least HR professionals are having that even conversation at a level of culture ad versus uh, what did you say? Culture, um, versus, versus versus culture versus ad. ad yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't even, I don't think I'm hearing that conversation enough because to your point, you know, when you bring someone in, we get hired to go into agencies and companies all the time and say, Hey, fix our culture. But then when it's time to bring on a new person or replace someone who's left, you know, they kind of want people that are more of the same. And it's like, you have to think about, uh, the person that you're bringing on board and what value add do they have that's going to drive your organization to the level that, that you want it to be. And you have to be very specific, very bespoke in the kind of culture that you're trying to add and who's going to drive it. So if you want a culture of accountability, if you want a culture of innovation, if you want a culture of you know customer service, it really is going to matter the people that you bring and the uh, superpower, uh, for lack of a better word, but the superpower that they bring to help move the needle in that area. So I think this is awesome what you're doing, man, and, and the conversations that you're helping employers think about. Well, it's great to be able to speak with like-minded people like yourself as well on this topic, because you know the, the more we talk about it and the more we pave the way for people to change behaviors and really take actions, the, the more we'll have inclusive and more engaging workplaces for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people learn more about your work? Uh, how can people engage your services and where can people find you online? Uh, well, LinkedIn is probably the best way to find me on online. I'm more active on LinkedIn than on uh, Twitter, for instance, or even Facebook. You can learn about LifeGuides at lifeguides.com and then follow the EX podcast on EX podcast.com and the EX summits very easy as well. EX summits.com. Well, Stefan, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, looking forward to this going live and everyone uh, getting more uh, immersed in your thoughts and challenging the way they look at culture uh, from a marketing perspective, all for the good of the business and employees. Exactly. So, thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Joy. Have a great day. You too. Bye.